It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hey everyone, welcome into another Pipeline Podcast. Tim McMaster here along with Jonathan Mayo on the podcast this week. Minor League Opening Day set to go on Thursday. We'll talk about some of the real loaded rosters around the minor leagues as far as the top 100 prospects go. Also, some key prospects that are injured to start the 2017 season. Before we get into that, Jonathan, though, let's take a quick look back at the National High School Invitational where we recorded this podcast a week ago. Uh, wrapping things up there, Orange Lutheran ended up coming out on top, yet another California champion in an all-California final over Dana Hills, and it ended up being a really good championship game. Yeah, it was it was fantastic, and uh, we had a good time, as always. Um, I enjoy sharing the broadcast booth with you. I wish we had the opportunity to do it more. And uh, yeah, all-California, which it's been in all but one, uh, of the championships games in the six years of the NHSI, and that one time is when the first academy won the whole the whole kit and caboodle. But it was a really good game, and you know I, I think if you had told me that Orange Lutheran was going to win without any major contributions from Garrett Mitchell, I, I would have been very surprised. Mitchell is the guy who's the the best draft prospect from uh, from that team. Uh, you know, potential first rounder. Very talented center fielder. He's got a ton of tools, but really struggled to get comfortable at the plate for most of the tournament. Showed glimpses. I mean, we ended up calling a bunch of his games. So, uh, you know, that semifinal game, he actually really looked comfortable at the plate, even though he didn't have a hit to show for it. First up out of the championship, hard base hit. Looked like, you know, himself. But other than that, his timing was off. So uh, they did it without their star, uh, you know, in effect. And, as is often the case with this tournament, it often comes down to, you know, who has the most pitching and, uh, or who can step up and, and fill in a lot of innings. And for Orange Lutheran, you know, Zach Busalaki, their first baseman, came in and just shut the door, uh, you know, after getting hit around a little bit uh, to the fact that I kept waiting for them to, to take him out. Uh, but he finished things off, and that's why they were able to, to come away with that title in their third go-round in the tournament. Yeah, for Dana Hills, it was missed opportunities. They had a couple of runners thrown out at the plate. There was a tough call that went against them at first base as well on right. on a Hans Kraus play. So so they got to be kind of shaking their heads in, in disappointment. But then again, they weren't supposed to probably get to the final based on talent beyond Hans Kraus. So they did a great job uh, getting there. Olu winning it without really getting a big uh, – Help from from Garrett Mitchell reminds me of 2015 when uh, San Clemente went into the tournament, then found out Colby Allard wouldn't be able to pitch, and then they won it anyway. And you talk about teams needing to have pitching. That team, considering their best pitcher was unavailable, really had a lot of pitching. So it was another fun tournament. Um, It's always great. The USA baseball people always treat us so well, and, and overall it was good weather. 
and I think all the teams had a great time as well. So we don't, we don't want to focus too much on the NHSI because it's in the past time to look ahead, but it was certainly another great event, and, and as you said, Jonathan, a lot of fun to cover it. All right, let's get into uh, the best minor league rosters, and we're doing this just based on the top 100 prospects, not an overall kind of depth thing as far as 1 through 25 on a roster, but there are four minor league teams that have at least three top 100 prospects on them. Uh, those are the Charlotte Knights, the Oklahoma City Dodgers, uh, Durham Bulls from the Rays organization, New Hampshire Fisher Cats, of course, of the Blue Jays. Now let's start with the Knights because this is the obvious one. If you had to think, hmm, which organization is going to have one of the best minor league teams, you would obviously immediately think, hey, the White Sox because of the moves they made in the offseason. And that proves to be true as four top 100 prospects on that AAA team for the White Sox. Juan Mancata, Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, Carson Fulmer. That's a pretty good rotation, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, Giolito Lopez Fulmer, you know, we, we've talked off air about some of the, the weaker big league rotations. They might be as competitive as the front three of some of them, or at least, you know, hold their own. Uh, maybe they need to, to, to put in some finishing touches. Uh, that might be, uh, but, you know, I think they all showed even over the spring, they made some adjustments. You know, Lopez got knocked around, I think his first spring start, but that was really good for most of the rest of the spring. Uh, but this gives them a chance uh, to sort of start, get uh, some success on their feet, especially, you know, I, I think it's important for Giolito who, whose star to me, someone inexplicably faded, uh, you know, they tinkered with his delivery. I think he's back to more the way he's throwing. So I'm interested to see how his stuff bounces back. But the change of scenery, I think, is going to be really good for him. And so now he can go and hopefully pitch well for a couple months, and, and then they can bring him up. And you know, Yoan Moncada is Yoan Moncada. I mean, I think people saw in big league camp this this year, you know, what he's capable of. And I'm excited for him to get back up and kind of erase that the first. 19 at bats, uh, you know, that he had with Boston that everyone wants to point to and say that he he's not good or he's overrated or whatever. And we don't even have, you know, because it's, uh, you know, top 100, uh, Zach Birdie, you know, is a guy who is going to be in the big leagues. He's our first round pick last year. And, uh, you know, has closer potential and is already up in AAA for his first full season. So should keep an eye on him as well. And then Oklahoma City, it's the Dodgers, and they kind of go the other way. It's not the pitching, it's the position players when you have Cole Bellinger, number 12 on the top 100, and these are the numbers going into the season. I know we've already had some players in the first few days of the season lose their eligibility on the list, but Alex Verdugo, the outfielder, number 61, Willie Calhoun, second baseman, number 82. That's going to be a potent lineup in Oklahoma City. Yeah, really, really good lineup. Um, you know, some some really talented hitters. Uh, we got to see Bellinger and Calhoun uh, in the Fall League. Oh, Verdugo, too, actually, all three of them. Uh, Verdugo didn't perform that well in the Fall League. Uh, Willie Calhoun w was maybe the most fun because I was curious to see what he was about because uh, he's one of those kind of, quote-unquote, bad body, good hitter types. I have no idea what position that guy plays, but everything off of his bat was loud. Uh, you know, and Bellinger showed off his incredible power. He'll continue to play some outfield, you know, so he can be ready there. Because obviously he's not going to play first base in the next couple of years with Adrian Gonzalez there. And he could slide and play first base whenever he wants to. 
uh, outfield, he's pretty good. Um, but, uh, uh, but, you know, this way he'll be ready for whatever opportunity uh, arises once he gets that call. And then Durham, it's Willie Adames, uh, number 21 uh, on the top 100. Jose DeLeon, who the Rays obviously traded for in the offseason, the young pitcher. And then Jake Bowers, who maybe had as good a spring, Jonathan, as any prospect in the game for the Rays this spring, as, as he looked like a big leaguer. He really did. And I, there were some people who really thought that he should have been on that uh, on that big league roster, at least based on – talent or upside, uh, you know, what they thought he could do, uh, whether it be at first base or maybe one of the corner outfields production wise, they, you know, a lot of people felt that he he'll be better. That said, he hasn't played at the highest level of the minors. Let's give him some time. I mean, De Leon is another one, you know, I thought had a chance going into the spring to, to make that rotation. Uh, but it wouldn't kill him to get some more, a little more triple a time, new organization, get his feet under him. I think he, he has a chance to, to pitch some very meaningful innings for, for Tampa this year. Um, you know, maybe it's the, the, you know, the, the second half, but, uh, boy, that, that Durham roster, I mean, even beyond the top 100 guys, there's some really good, there, there's some, uh, some talented guys on there. I mean, Taylor Guerrero's kind of been forgotten. Uh, Faria is a guy who's made it to the highest level kind of under the radar. So there's some interesting guys knocking on the door for, for the Rays. That raised system is certainly getting back to what it used to be when we saw player after player after player yep. getting to the big leagues through their minor league system. All right, in New Hampshire, uh, the Fisher Cats of the Blue Jays system, and you think of the Blue Jays as an organization that kind of let all their prospects go to kind of build this major league club, but they're starting to, to get things going again at the minor league level, and the double-A squad features. Now, none of these guys are in the top 50 um, but there's still a little depth there, and they have Sean Reed Foley, number 64, Anthony Alford, number 70, and Richard Urena, number 94. It's certainly a good sign for the Blue Jays that they are starting to have talent coming through that system again. Yeah, they, they are, and I mean, these are all young guys, too, for, for the most part. It's not like they're too old for their level. I mean, Alford's a touch older, but he, he, baseball-wise, he's young because you know, he was playing college football for a couple of years and then playing baseball and uh, he impressed people in big league camp this spring. Uh, Sean Reed Foley took a really uh, nice step forward last year. I talked to him when I was in Blue Jays camp. I'm not sure about the mustache, um, but he, he swears by it. So, you know, more power to him, but uh, not, you know, not my cup of tea. Uh, but I mean, Arena is very good too. I mean, there, there's, there, there are a lot of guys on this team to, to keep on. Even a guy like Connor Green, who, uh, you know, some people don't like as much as other people do. He's got a really, really good arm if he could put it together. John Harris is a former first-rounder. So not only is there high-end top 100 talent, but like some of these other teams that we've talked about, Tim, it's pretty deep. There's one more minor league roster I want to get to, and we'll also get to those injured prospects. But before we get to that, we want to take a second to tell you about the Fantasy 411 podcast, want to win your fantasy league this year? Well, Fred Zinke and Matthew Leach will cover the bases for you all season, giving you an edge over your friends. No matter what kind of format you play, the MLB Fantasy crew has been there, won that, and they'll help you win too. This week, Matthew and Fred broke down some observations from the first few days of the 2017 MLB season and what they could mean for your fantasy squad. Before you set up your lineup or hit the waiver wire, Follow the Fantasy 411 podcast on iTunes today. 
All right, Jonathan, the one other roster I wanted to touch on is Mississippi, and that's the Braves double-A team. Uh, they only have two top 100 guys, but I just want to focus on the pitching rotation as a whole. Uh, you have Colby Allard and Mike Soroka, 53-78 and 78 on the top 100. But then there's Max Freed, who every Braves fan anywhere that follows prospects <laughs> thinks should be on the top 100. And then Patrick Weigel's there as well. Uh, you mentioned some lower-level major league rosters or uh, rotations and, and how minor league teams stack up. And the one I've always – I've kind of joked around about the Padres, and I'm, I'm not afraid to mention that on the air because I, the Padres will admit that they're in rebuild mode right now. But I think if you took those four guys against the Padres, obviously they're not going to have as much success. But as far as the upside and, and the talent and the stuff, that's a pretty impressive rotation going down in Mississippi. Right. Keep in mind that, uh, like the Padres rotation is more placeholders, and and they're they're they have talent, but it's a little further away. So, I think what you know what kind of makes this more interesting in Mississippi than just the collection of talent, which is interesting enough to talk about, is that Alan Soroka and Freed were all in in the South Atlantic League, you know, in in the low A, and they double jumped them up to Mississippi. Um, you know, I thought uh, that. It would, you know, they'd start the year in, you know, uh, in high A and then earn a promotion even after a month or two. Uh, but all of them just have an advanced feel for pitching. You know, Freed is a tiny bit older, but he missed like two years of competitive pitching for Tommy John and then coming back from him. And then he was traded and the Braves were erring on the side of caution. But all of them threw really, really well at the end of last year. And Rome went on to win the, the South Atlantic League title. Uh, and they came into spring. You know, Allard is a guy who always, that's why he was considered a, a potential top-of-the-draft pick before he had back trouble. Uh, you know, his stuff plus his feel for pitching makes him really, really interesting. Um, Soroka, you know, also a guy from Canada, still really good feel for pitching, tall, projectable guy. So there's some ceiling here along with them figuring things out and, yeah, you're right. Freed, Freed and Ronald Acuna are the uh, are the two guys who probably I heard the most from Braves fans about not being on the 100. Now Acuna is now on the top 100 after some of the graduations. Uh, Freed is not going to be that far behind, uh, and I think that if he goes out and pitches the way he's capable of, you know, we'll adjust midseason and he'll he'll move way up the list. And Weigel is kind of forgotten, but he's pretty good, you know solid and there's no shame in being a number four starter in this rotation and throwing the fact that Travis Demerit's on that team too uh, who's uh, a pretty talented second baseman yeah that's a certainly a good squad and a fun group to yeah. watch all right how about some injured prospects and there are I guess officially six guys on the top 100 that enter the season on some sort of injured list or disabled list at the minor league level um, including some of the, the real high-end guys Alex Reyes obviously the Tommy John surgery, and he's a guy who would have been in the Cardinals rotation this season. I think we've talked enough about Alex Reyes and that injury, and, and obviously we're going to have to wait a year before we see Alex Reyes again. Right. But as far as some of these other guys, Aloy Jimenez obviously is, is kind of skyrocketed as far as that Cubs system goes. Um, still at the low levels, but he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Eventually, I guess, reporting to Class A Myrtle Beach, but a couple of weeks, I guess, not terrible for a guy that, that seems to be kind of fast-forwarding himself through the minors. 
Right. I think the the one thing the shoulder injury may have done is, and this is, I'm, I'm guessing, to be honest with you, I, you know, I don't know for certain, but I wonder if he may have had a chance to double jump up to double A. Uh, you know, he, he made it up to, to Myrtle Beach for the playoffs, went to the Arizona Fall League, more than held his own, more than held his own during big league camp, uh, and then came, you know, had the shoulder issue. Uh, so I think there might have been a chance uh, that he could have gone to double A. Now, the only reason why that wouldn't have happened, I think, is that there, you know, have so much talent in, in terms of hitting wise that there's no reason to push him that aggressively because then there's going to be a log jam. Uh, so let him start in Myrtle Beach, and then he can always earn a midseason promotion if he continues with what he was doing, you know, last year and in the fall and in the spring. So, and, you know, and the shoulder thing, it doesn't sound like it's going to be too serious. Uh, you know, maybe it's the kind of thing that he wouldn't have missed as much time if he were in the middle of a pennant race in the big leagues. But why not err on the side of caution? A couple of knee injuries. Uh, Kyle Lewis of the Mariners, Corey Ray of the Brewers. Um, obviously two guys that were, that were drafted just last year. Um, and Lewis, the more serious one, he's going to miss a good chunk of this season. Uh, first full season, how big an effect is that going to have on Lewis? Uh, it's not going to help. Obviously, that's a, a full year of development time, and this is a guy who I think a lot of people thought probably could move kind of quickly. In fact, he was you know, starting to click a little bit right when he got hurt, and it was a pretty gruesome injury uh, when he got hurt. Uh, but everything that I have heard uh, about him, both you know, from the organization and from scouts, even when he was an amateur, this guy is like a plus, plus, plus makeup guy. Even though he's been on his own rehabbing, he's one of those guys that everyone likes to be around, this positive energy. So I think he will come back and he'll be okay. Um, you know, you won't know until he starts really testing the knee, you know, how that will impact the speed part of his game. But I think the bat will be fine. And you know, Corey Ray, and ironically, the two of them were often compared to each other uh, heading into the draft. And, uh, you know, both coming down with knee injuries. Ray's only going to be out uh, a little while longer. So, I mean, he should be fine, and he'll be in the – I guess he's going to go to high A to to start to to really get his professional career going. Yeah, Class A Carolina for Corey Ray. Two more guys, David Paulino of the Astros. He missed most of the spring. Uh, Bone bruise on the pitching elbow. And then another Tommy John surgery, Alex Kirilov uh, in March and – not a pitcher, so not as much of a, an injury time, but he's still not going to play this year, right, Kirilov? No, I don't think so. I mean, if there's an outside chance, you know, that he could get out for the very end of the season, but, you know, I would be more inclined, and I think this makes more sense, to, to sort of be cautious uh, and let him make sure he's 100% healthy, maybe let him, you know, then he can play at instructs, I don't know if there's, you know, a winter ball opportunity that would make sense for a guy who hasn't played much pro ball, maybe Australia, I don't know, something like that, uh, to let him make up for some of those at-bats. What's that? That'd be fun, going to Australia. Yeah, for, right. Well, you know, I mean, one of the things that you know, would be interesting is because if the Twins have a really good pipeline from Australia. They bring in guys all, all the time. Lachlan Wells, you know, pitched for meaningful innings for Team Australia in the World Baseball Classic. So, you know, uh, it'd probably be easy enough for them to place 
uh, an American in, in the league out there. Uh, it's a shame with Kirilov because you know, he won the Appalachian League MVP last summer. So I think they were very excited to see what he was going to do over the course of the full season. It's from my neck of the woods here in Pittsburgh. I saw him several times in high school, and he can flat-out hit. So he'll, he'll come back. Uh, the arm, he has a very good arm in the outfield. He pitched in high school as well. But uh, it's not – you're right, it's not the same thing uh, as for a pitcher. But Paulino, it's just a bone bruise. The only reason it's a little more concerning is that he has a history of elbow problems, including – past Tommy John surgery. Uh, so he's just going to make sure that everything stays structurally sound on his way back. Uh, but uh, other than that, it's not quite the, you know, the same thing. He was just set back and wasn't ready to go. Yeah, and Kirloff from the cold weather to begin with, um, obviously a little behind maybe other high school guys, yeah. and then this just sets him a little further back. But still so young that in the long run he should be okay. And obviously position players recovering from Tommy John surgery. Um, not quite as concerning as pitchers, for sure. All right, well, that is going to do it for another edition of the Pipeline Podcast. We were going to do predictions this week, but Jim Callis not here, so we will wait for him, and we'll get the full Major League predictions out of the way next week. Uh, we won't pay any attention to any of the games between now and then so that we go in with a, uh, a <laughs> yes, clean the, slate. The first, the, yeah, the first week of the season really dictates who wins everything. I'm going to make you guys – make your predictions now on paper me i don't know and and or or honor code <laughs> and tell me that you didn't change them in the first week based on uh anything that has happened around major league baseball but uh great sure. stuff as always jonathan uh this has been the pipeline podcast for jonathan mayo i'm tim mcmaster tune in again next time